Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Welcome to another episode of Screensaver, a podcast underneath the Friends from Umbrella. To be honest, I haven't listened to this one enough to understand what they say at the beginning. (laughs) But I'm so glad to be here (laughs) with actually not Barbie. This is Candace Parker Earl from the Friends from Work Comics Corner and my best friend ever, Emily Grace Noah. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. Welcome back. If you are not a paid subscriber, this may be the first time you're hearing from Emily. We have previously done an episode on the film Lady Bird, also written and directed by Greta Gerwig, someone that is going to come up a lot today. But today, we are talking in pink. We are going to finally discuss the long-awaited film Barbie. Emily, tell me what you thought. What an amazing weekend, first of all. Mm-hmm. Happy Barbenheimer to all who celebrate. I would really pray that is everybody who is receiving this message. I would hope so. It was a weekend that we waited for for so long and had hyped up so much, and I feel like truly delivered and was a blast. So, yes, and not only that, I was reflecting on this earlier. This movie has been on my radar for a very long time. Uh, As some know, Emily, Robbie, Samwise the Brave, and I all quarantined together during COVID. And what we would do, Robbie was studying for the bar. Emily and I were working and doom scrolling the internet. Mm -hmm. But at around 3.30 or 4, we would start watching movies. And we would do that till about 12 a.m. every single night for 10 months straight and you can do math (laughs) and I'm not like I I wish people like I've tried to tell people this they're like oh yeah I watched a lot of movies too in COVID and I'm like you don't you you don't don't understand understand. unless you are also watching Mr. Smith goes to Washington on a Friday night you did not watch as many films as we did no so much so that this is how we discovered Letterboxd and I remember seeing this list in 2020 And it was like the most anticipated films coming up. And so I was like doing a thing that you do on Letterboxd where I was getting my watch list in order and came across the Barbie movie. Like I remember seeing, I don't even think it had a poster yet. It obviously did. It just said Barbie 2023 Mm -hmm. and it directed by Greta Gerwig. I was like, and I think Margot Robbie had been cast at that point. And I remember like looking to you and Robbie and being like, this is crazy because we love Lady Bird, like already Greta Gerwig fans. And I like the deep seated crush for Margot Robbie since Wolf of Wall Street. Mm -hmm. Um, to know that these things were were on the horizon was hope in the desert that was the pandemic. We have come so far from watching movies twice each night in my tiny living room to getting to have a Barbenheimer weekend in theaters is True. we've come so far. So beautiful. Oh, I was yeah. having this conversation today because I got my hair cut by a new person, which means they, we were getting to know each other. And we came across this topic and I was like, we watch Sicario and I have no, like 
gun to my head, could not tell you what the movie is about. But I know I've seen it, and I know I watched it fully. Yeah. There are movies still to this day I think I saw with you and Robbie during COVID, but it was such a blur that I, I don't have a memory of some of them. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> But... To talk about a much better time. Yes. I, you know, if I had any misgivings about this weekend, it was that we didn't see the movie together. I know, which feels wrong. That's my fault. I went out of town. It's okay. We'll have to see it a third time. (laughs) But I am curious, you walked out of the theater after seeing Barbie, and what was your thought? I was so happy, which, and then I had a moment to reflect on how happy that I was happy walking out of Barbie because it lived up to the hype and very high expectations that I had for Margot and Greta and they delivered. It was such a fun movie. I think you texted the day before and said, it's a perfect movie, no spoilers, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how I felt too. I had the fortune of watching it with a 14-year-old. Correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think what I loved about it is, well, I saw it with one of my really good friends and her niece came with us. We were all wearing pink, mm-hmm. obviously. And I, you know, this is so silly, but I think since Harry Potter, like the Harry Potter films coming out and that type of fandom, or maybe Twilight, I have not seen that type of response go to the movies. Not even in, like, I'm going to say it here, not even really in an Avengers film. Like, to walk into the theater, most of them across the country have this box you can take a picture in. Mm -hmm. Everyone's wearing pink. Literally, even if it's like a dad wearing a pink polo shirt, everyone showed up in full Barbie spirit. It and a feeling that you and I know well, it felt like walking into a Harry Styles concert. It really did. Yeah. It was so so fun. It's just sweet pure energy and it's so fun to see everyone just being goofy adults taking full advantage of this fun experience. And then we went out later that night and got drinks and it was so fun to come across like other Barbie watching groups that night and, and you know it when you saw it. And we knew it when we saw it. We were like, "Which theater did you go to? What time?" So oh, cute. Yeah, it was a very cute community moment. I was thinking to myself while I was watching how wonderful it is to watch a comedy in the theater. Yes. Which doesn't really happen that often. Um, I have a question for you before we dive into Barbie. Yes. Something that I don't know about you. Did you grow up playing with Barbies? Wonderful question. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. Okay. So the the thing about my childhood, and I don't think this is unique by any means. I mean, I was like a very, very big Barbie player. And the older I get, the more I reflect. My older, I have two older sisters, and the one that's closest in age to me is still five years older than me. But she would play with me. Yeah. Which is like really selfless. That's very sweet. And so we would play Barbies. My favorite thing that I had was an RV. I had the RV. Oh, I think we've talked about this before. It's really the ties that bind. Yeah. Uh, I also, one of my favorites was there were NSYNC fan Barbies. Wow. So they they weren't the, the... the marionette dolls. Okay. That was a separate Barbie. Got Do you it. remember they had the... Yeah, I remember those in boxes at Toys R Us. Yeah. Yes. 
Rest in power. Rest in power. This was their fan. So there okay. was a Barbie for each individual member of NSYNC and Lance Bass, my favorite. So I had a Barbie that was wearing like a Lance Bass shirt. You had a groupie Lance Barbie. Yeah. That's <laughs> incredible. It okay. was really cool. Amazing. The thing that I think makes my experience a little bit different, and again, maybe not... I wasn't really into Disney princesses. Right, which we have discussed. That makes sense. So you think you just leaned Barbie? Full Barbie. Okay. And things were different back then, but (laughs) when you were sick, your mom had to physically take the prescription to pharmacy, and then you had to wait an hour for them to go pick it up. So what my mom would do would hand prescription in, and then we would just walk around Walmart for an hour. Oh, and if I was sick, which was normally the reason we were there, I got to pick out a toy. Yeah. And I would always get a new Barbie. Yeah. yeah. I Did your religious upbringing allow you to have a, a, such a scantily clad woman? Oh, oh, absolutely. Of course. Because Barbie aligns with conservative women as well. It's <laughs> true. She is a one for everyone. Yes. I had the RV. I had the dream house, which I can still vividly remember in front of my window in my childhood bedroom room and playing with Barbie. I think I had the convertible too. I'm pretty sure I had the pink convertible. Um, But that was something I feel like that my mom and I bonded over is she, like her mother saved some of her Barbies. And so she still had Barbies from her childhood. And then I think she loved that. I love playing with Barbies too. That was a very specific type of person. I was never this. Our good friend Nikki's mom was like this, but she had all the collectible Barbies. Mm. And I'm very, very curious. Like I could, I could waste an entire day trying to figure out which Barbies are worth the most money. But there was a moment where people thought if I didn't take this out of the box, this would be my retirement or something. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? But I I want the numbers on that too. (laughs) We'll report that. So that's a question. What did you think as we start dipping our toe into the to the film? And I know there's so many different angles that we could take us with, and we'll probably get to them at some point. But Emily, the set of this film, drool worthy. No CGI. It's beautiful. It's, they built Barbie Land. I I don't know if this is true, but I heard that there was a back order on pink paint because they had to use so much pink. For the set. That's such a good fact. Which I'll just convince myself is true whether it is or not because it's such a fun fact. I think the more that I watch films like this, and I'll give you another example that is on the entire opposite side of the spectrum, but I find films that don't use any CGI, and even though I'm aware that they don't, to be way, way more impressive than the ones that do. And I even say this recognizing that, you know, the one that first comes to mind is like, the Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. great use of CGI. I think Andy Serkis' Gollum, mm-hmm. incredible. I, I don't think Andy Serkis dressed up like a creature from Labyrinth would really necessarily translate in the same way Gollum yeah. would. But I am just so impressed by the set. Like, it'll probably win best set design. Like, oh, I didn't can even... you imagine? Like, it was so craftly well done. Just whimsical Wes Anderson meets like Seuss World at Universal Studios. Just it, it was beautiful. At this moment, you and I have both seen them twice. Yes. yes. So what I caught on the second round that I, there were so many things that I, 
if you haven't seen Barbie twice, I, I do recommend two two watches. Yes, your eyes and ears deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> the the fridge when you open the fridge. It's a sticker of food. I okay. I noticed that on the first watch, which was incredible. Did you notice in the Barbie mobile? Like this is. There were so many the, visual, the attention to detail. There were so many visual moments that brought back my childhood playing with these toys because they so carefully based the set on the actual toys. But the rear view mirror sticker in the car. Oh my I gosh. remember like taking my Barbie mobile out of the box and putting that sticker on. I do remember that, but I didn't catch it in the film. That's amazing. Yeah. So just so many fun, just attention to detail. And then the other thing that impressed me about, like, I mean, it was truly a work of the people. The dolphins. Oh my gosh. And then the rocket, like everything to know that that wasn't actually happening. It wasn't made by a computer. These people put on a, a play for us. I would pay any amount of money to be able to walk that set. I want to know where that set... Like, surely they were smart enough to not just tear it down. Where is... You know, do you remember when we went on our movie friend trip and they still had the set nope up? Yes. I think at Universal. Yeah. They... I do know that Warner Brothers... This is all built at Warner Brothers. Okay. Was not one they... Have you toured Warner Brothers? I did. Yes, Jess and I toured Warner Brothers together um, in May. Sorry, this is wrong. Um, it's the Warner Brothers in London. Oh. I think they filmed a lot of this in London. Interesting. Which makes a lot of sense. Where the Harry Potter sets are, where you can tour those, yeah. And remember, we have that friend in London who was like, my roommate was helping on the Barbie movie. Oh. And we were like, what? what? Why London? I totally, I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's probably why you didn't sit there. Well, I just need to be able... My one like wish in life now is to be able to walk through the Barbie sets. Oh, I bet it would be so amazing. They can't... I mean, it could be a museum. Yeah. That I would... We would pay a lot of money to go to, unfortunately, but true. Yeah. So moving into just different things about this film, what were your thoughts on the performances? Uh, well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I have a large crush on Margot Robbie, similar to you, and she was Barbie. She was perfect. I loved her performance. Being goofy and this physical comedian and then switching into, you know, the perfect cry and beautiful monologues and so much deepness to the movie, too, through her performance. And she was the perfect pick. She was amazing. I did hear at some point that originally, and this could just clickbait. I didn't, I'm saying this as someone that has not factually checked this. Okay. I heard murmurings that Amy Schumer was the original thought. Interesting. Which would have been a completely different film. Yes. I think it would have dialed in the themes a bit more than, I mean, they even say it out loud in the film, like, oh, to the filmmakers, like, do not cast Margot Robbie to drive home this point. Yes. But I think even, I think the point of it being Margot Robbie makes even better because at least in my experiences, I have so many beautiful friends that feel like imminent thoughts of death Barbie or, you know, like cellulite Barbie. And they're so beautiful and they don't even know it. Yeah. And it's for reasons that we may or may not get into later, but I just think that it's so good to actually have a Margot Robbie 
playing a woman that's not so sure of herself because you see it all the time. Yes. Watch The Bachelor. Like these women are perfect and they are driving themselves crazy because this one man won't give them any attention. And you're like, look at you, please, please stop, you know? Yeah, it's true. It was, it was very refreshing to see Margot Robbie worry about cellulite. Oh, I know. One of us. (laughs) Yeah. So good. So, you know, she was wonderful, but upon my second watch, mm-hmm. no one commits to the bit like Ryan Gosling. <laughs> this man showed up and gave 110%. 110%. This man who <laughs> you know my feelings on. Emily, so we have another tradition in our in our household. So when it's your birthday, you get to pick the film, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when we watch a movie on Emily's birthday... If this woman every time does not pick Remember the Titans, and mostly because of Ryan Gosling. Yeah, usually I'll pretend to be interested in another movie that we watch first, and then I'll try and require a second double feature of Remember the Titans. You've loved him for a while. Uh, He has been my number one consistently through. I remember sitting in the Tandy 10 theater watching Remember the Titans and looking at Alan in Remember the Titans. (laughs) And you're like, I like men. That's it. <laughs> I wish I remembered. I need to get like his football jersey number tattooed on my body. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been a diehard Ryan Gosling fan since then. He has done no wrong. And you know, some people claim that they love Ryan Gosling too. And every time I hear that, I'm like, not as much as Emily. Yeah. Have you seen Blue Valentine? Have you seen Drive? Like, maybe we can talk. Oh, okay. I get it. You've seen La La Land and Crazy Stupid Love, but have you seen Half Nelson? <laughs> You're scaring me. <laughs> so, I was really excited that Ryan Gosling was cast and truly delivered. He was amazing. He was the butt of all the jokes. And you know, there's a lot of controversy around this movie, apparently. I We love our pink bubble that we live in. I apparently. Live, truly I live in this world where like I'm love it or hate it. Most people I'm around agree with me. So whenever Robbie who goes out into the real world on our behalf. Yeah. <laughs> so brave. Comes back and he's like, Have you heard about what people think about this? I'm like, that's so crazy. But I just, I think I respect when we talk about like the people that, you know, have a problem with Barbie. I'm like, Ryan Gosling is pinnacle man for me. Yes. Am I making sense? I feel like I'm saying two different things at the same time. No, absolutely. I mean, I feel like when I watched it, I thought about how he has two daughters and they're going to get to see their dad in this amazing movie playing kid. <laughs> and just what, what a guy. It, you're, you're right. It was 110%. He was the perfect kin. He and Margo were so fun together. But not even him, Simu Liu. Yes. Am I saying his name right? I really yes. hope so. Yes, I believe so. Oh, he was so wonderful. And I remember I, I saw the movie without Robbie first and then I saw it with him a second time and he was like, how is his part in it? And I was like, he has a huge part in it. He's one of the kids. He's number two kid. Yeah. And I just love, lo- like, I love what he brought as well. Oh, so good. I also love what Michael Sarah brought. We stand Alan in this household. We You love- want some more Alan? So... <laughs> Just 
the ca- I remember when the cast was announced, and it was similar to a Wes Anderson movie where you're just overwhelmed by the celebrity power and randomness of the casting. And it all played out so perfectly. And when I saw it, I was like, this all makes sense. This all this all is adding up. Yeah. Robbie's such an Alan. He's, he is such an Alan. Which is why I love him so much. Yes. We love a non-threatening uh, white male, which is what. That is in our corner. <laughs> Truly. So yeah. Shout out to Alans of the world. But, okay, so were you aware that Margot Robbie produced this movie? Is she Heyday Films? She is, we're going to have to look is this it, up. Is it, or Lucky Seven or Lu- something? It's, um, <laughs> we're, I'm aware we're getting this wrong. It's like Chicken Step. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, one thing I do is watch, if I do anything during the day, I really like the Vogue YouTube channel. And I remember Lucky Chap. <laughs> Sorry. It's luck. Chicken step. Chicken, Chicken slap. <laughs> I really, so I, I watch much YouTube, but I really mm. love the Vogue channel. Yes. And they did a tour of the Lucky Chap production offices one oh. time and like Margot Robbie brought everybody around. So I knew that she produced films because I think she also produced Itana. Yes. You're so right. Lucky Chap, I believe did Itania as well. But she also did Barbie. So tell me more. Yeah, so it's her and her husband. They produced this film, which is incredible. And as I was watching it, I think part of the joy of watching it too was seeing and knowing how much influence Margot had working with Greta Mm -hmm. and that it's her movie too. Um, And people are just not giving this woman credit enough. I'm like reading her Wikipedia page and like you said... Oh, okay, so she produced and starred in the movie that got her an Oscar nomination. I can't remember if she won for that, did she? For I, Tanya? Yeah. I don't think she, she won. won, but was nominated. And she is just putting the work in. It's incredible. She is such an amazing person. I, I just think she's truly good, and I think... W- one reason that I love that the Barbie movie has done so well is because I know that it was created by really just kind people. Mm-hmm. I think Greta Gerwig is an incredibly good person. Her, her and her husband, Noah Baumbach. And I also feel that way about Ryan Gosling and all these people that are involved in this film. And so for it to do so well with the message that I think is actually pretty good, despite what you know other people may think... Very, very neat stuff. I also, to go to the very beginning of the film, I loved that the opening of the film in the first two minutes is just the 2001 Space Odyssey trailer that dropped. Okay, thank you for bringing that up because I wanted to talk about the marketing for this film and that was the first trailer that dropped, correct? I feel like we talked about this with Labor. I think so, yeah. I've said this before, like, whispering but I guess I'm just gonna say it out loud now Mm. wasn't a huge fan of that trailer because I just wasn't it it gave me misgivings now that I realized that they literally just gave us the first two minutes of the movie that that was it I was like that's actually really Really cool cool. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the same thing when it started and actually we were running late the first time that I saw it I know. So I walked in during the Barbie commercial, which was fantastic. But then going back the second time and being on time and getting to see the 2001 Space Odyssey opening, I loved it. Yeah. I was just, I think, I again, I don't even know if that really does it for me. I think it's because I, I think I hold 
2001 a little too closely. Like, I think there's something mm-hmm. about where I'm like, mm, don't touch that. That's mine. <laughs> It's nothing sacred these days. Uh, that's kind of, honestly, it's how I feel, even though I think what they did is funny. And yeah. I love the way it transitions to the, you know, the, the Barbie commercial. I think that, that that was, I think it lands. I don't, I'm not, I'm just saying I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember, I think we talked about too, I was hopeful that most of the trailer, the second trailer, was just going to be the first 20 minutes of the film and they were going to hold out a lot, which I feel like they really did. Yeah. Did you ever see the trailer that was with the Billie Eilish song? Yes. Where it was kind of slow and I think sad? That was the, yes. The la- one of the last trailers they dropped. Uh-huh. We may have even seen it together because yeah. I think we were like, I don't think I've seen Interesting this choice. one. Mm-hmm. But that one, you get her kind of running through Mattel and all of that stuff. And so I think it gives a, you, you realize that there's like going to be a bit more to the movie than you had expected. Yeah. Especially the song, because you're like, Ooh, there's like going to be some stuff in here. That's going to make me cry. Which it did <laughs> twice. It did, yeah. But yeah, I, I felt the same way in the next few minutes. I do want to just have like very cathartic unloading all of our favorite scenes. Okay, yeah. But before we do that, I really <laughs> want to talk about Greta Gerwig. Oh, okay. I love this lineup. This is my <laughs> perfect cue. Okay. I, you know, we've stand her for a long time. One thing that really surprised me about our Screensaver Plus episode is how many people hadn't seen Lady Bird. Yes. Whereas you and I hold that movie to a very high standard. Mm-hmm. You and I were talking about this before we recorded, but you and I, we are we are celebrating, but we're also a little bit in mourning. I, yes, over dinner, I turned to Candace and I said, I got to be honest, I am a little sad that Greta is released to the masses now. She belongs to everyone, which... She's no longer ours. It's beautiful. That's how you want your directors to grow up and be raised and go out on their own. But hey, it, it, it was, was ours. <laughs> Greta Gerwig has us so that she can look behind and see how far she's gone. We are standing still. Letting her grow. I was watching a little behind the scenes footage of her directing this film earlier today. And I think what struck me about it, and I think that this is conveyed in the movie in, in, ooh, that leads me into another thought that I wanted to say to you, but you can just tell how much fun everybody had on this movie. And everyone has nothing but amazing things to say about her as a director. She makes sure that you're feeling comfortable, you have everything you need, that she's just like approaching it with kindness. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the difference, but it has had me thinking over the last week about what what is keeping Aaliyah Wilde from being Greta Gerwig? Because... I thought, I think Booksmart was an amazing film. Absolutely. I saw Booksmart in theaters maybe three times. I thought it was so, we both so funny. loved that movie. I thought mm-hmm. Olivia's directing debut with that film was sealing her as what Greta has become. Yeah. I think it's such a miss. And, you know, we can bring it back to the patriarchy and we can bring it back to... I don't even know, but, you know, well, that's what Olivia would blame it on. It was like, the men don't want you to be directors or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she had a lot of things to say about women in film, and I and I agree with her for the most part. But, like, what, then why, then why is Greta where she is, and why is Olivia where she is? Do you have any 
do you think about that while you fall asleep at night? <laughs> I yes, of course I do. And I there's this I don't know. There's a sincerity in Greta Gerwig films. I don't know how else to describe it, but when I watch her films, I just feel this genuineness, just serenity feeling of watching these movies made by a woman that um, are not only make you feel powerful and smart, but also speak to your experience. Yes. yes. And make you feel emotional about the experience of being a woman. And I feel like those have just kind of defined Greta's films. And then, yeah, I don't know what happened in Don't Worry, Darling. It was too science fiction, possibly. I, But I think it was also set up to fail. I think what was funny about Don't Worry, Darling, it's not funny. I just, what I find the most interesting, I suppose, mm-hmm. is... We went into it, and then people were laughing in our theater. I remember Including being, us. Yeah. <laughs> but I took Robbie to see it afterwards, and he was like, I liked that movie. Yeah. And I think that was one of those things where we all kind of decided, because, I mean, these don't. this doesn't mean anything anymore, but I do remember it getting, like, a crazy ovation at Cannes mm-hmm. or Venice or wherever. Yeah. The moment where Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. <laughs> But that was, going back to that, I think that was a problem. I think what's hard about that film is I think there was a lot of things at play. I think people were kind of demonizing Olivia Wilde for her such public pop star relationship. And then once she, like, put in this movie. But I mean, like, when you've got Harry Styles looking like some incel from a Saturday Night Lights skit. <laughs> they were smart enough to not do that to Margot. They took her makeup off and they were like, oh, okay, yeah, this is as good as it's going to get to make her look. Oh, I know. That's so true. You know, which is what they should have done with Harry too. Just... He could have just been a little disheveled, but no, they... <laughs> he could have been a handsome incel. Like, let's just settle there. But... I know. They just went too hard. But... Yeah, I, I I guess it just hurts my feelings a little bit because I want more Greta's in the world. Yeah. And I think the only one that I can think of that would maybe be up and coming in that way is Olivia Wilde. But even to that end, it makes me think of this line in the movie and it's uh, America Ferreira's daughter where she's like, men hate women and women hate women and that's the one thing mm. that we can all have in common. Yeah, that line stuck with me as well. And... I kind of like feel like that's where Olivia Wilde lands. Yeah. And that makes me sad because I really like her and want her to do well. But it's like this thing where like men hate her and women hate her because she's dating Harry Styles. And also she's like, you know, whatever with the divorce and all that yeah. stuff. But I'm just like, man, this is. Olivia's, I, I don't know why this is like the hill I'm dying yeah, on, but like I really feel got under your skin. like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like the Barbie movie is kind of played out through Olivia Wilde's life, IMO. <sighs> I'm going to get some pushback for that, but I kind of just like, I feel for her. I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because when I was viewing Barbie for the first time, I had a moment where... I thought there's some don't worry darling crossover here. Like almost, you know, I know Barbie's Malibu, but it's a Palm Springs feel and almost like a 1950s, 60 
idealized world Didn't that we're living in. Didn't even think of that. Really good yeah. thought. Harry was our kin and don't worry, darling. And you know, the brainwashing. So I did think of Olivia. I was like, there's some overlap here. Huh. And then I was like, this is, I'm having a lot more fun in this one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Ditto. I, I'm not giving up on uh, Olivia. I would love to see her do a comedy again. I would love her to see, see her do a true indie darling mm-hmm. movie. So we'll see what the future holds for her. But, and then, yeah, I guess Marvel will get Greta Gerwig soon enough. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm doing the kin, uh, double fingers crossed. Double fingers crossed. Oh. <laughs> Bob, please let Greta direct a real film. Uncrossed. Yeah. Um, also, to put some hope in your world when you were trying to think of other up and coming Gretas, okay, I think Molly Gordon is one who um, was in Booksmart. To those of us who uh, don't know who Molly Gordon is, can you just give us like a brief background? I would love to. So, Molly Gordon runs in the Ben Platt. Beanie Fieldstein crew. This is Molly Gordon. So in Booksmart, she plays the popular girl. And she is also in The Bear. A lot of people are getting to know her because of season two. She's amazing. She's amazing. I really love her. And she co-directed Theater Camp, and it's amazing. Okay. Um, you, of course you would love a film called Theater Camp. Yeah, yes. So I was very, yes, uh, the co-directors were her and Nick Lieberman for Theater Camp. It's another laugh out loud funny great movie for this year um, that I highly recommend, but it was an amazing, I think, directorial debut for her. So Hold up. When did you watch this movie without me? I, <laughs> I saw it with Lucy. Okay, that's okay. And I'll rewatch it with you any day because it was it was great. That's so encouraging. I really, yeah. really enjoy her in the bear season two. But I guess I didn't click for that she was also in Booksmart. Yeah, she looks quite a bit different in Booksmart. But another female up-and-coming director that I'm very excited about to see more from. Thank you so much for sharing. Of, of course. course. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's time for what I've been waiting for for so long. <gasps> Tell me, like, I just want to have... You know how, like, men quote Anchorman back and forth to each other? (laughs) I just want to hear everything that landed for you in the Barbie film. Um, I... So you also texted me the day after you saw Barbie, and you said, I cannot stop thinking about the line of... Um, you either become brainwashed or ugly and weird. <laughs> to which Kate McKinnon's character responds, Amen, sister. <laughs> that's Emily, that's my entire life. I don't choose your shoe. I do it. Birkins it's been Birkenstock since I was born. Yeah. <laughs> when I heard that line, I just it literally hit me like a freight train because I feel like there have been so many times, this is pre-COVID me talking, but like Emily and I would go to a club or a bar and we, (laughs) there was like a a real difference in like who we became outside of the club and inside of the club. And then you go inside and you see all these women that are like perfect and feeding into these like gross men's, you know, they're buying drinks and they're just, I'm like, and I know these women go to UT, like I, and that's a really hard school to get into. And I'm just like, all I can think about is like my cystic acne. Like I can't like get past, I'm like, I don't understand like what is the difference between you and me, but like, why are you, 
why are you doing that? I don't even want to sound like a hater. I'm just like, I feel ugly and weird. <laughs> and I wish I was brainwashed because it looks really fun. Sometimes the brainwashing does look fun. Um, and, and the women kind of portray that in the film too. Because they're like, I don't have to think. It's a massage for my brain every day. It's a spa for the brain. When they said, I was like, oh, that hits close. That's me, you know, watching the Kardashians all day long on a binge just because I'm like, work's been too stressful. I needed to turn my brain off and... And have a spa day. <laughs> <laughs> I I just feel the movie, I think there's a lot of people who can probably argue and will argue, have argued, that the movie's feminist message is too simple, a little cliche, blah, 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 blah. I love that. Everyday Americans are walking into that movie, maybe not expecting. They don't know Greta Gerwig. They don't truly know how quirky and weird the movie might get. They've just seen these cute trailers. And they're getting to hear that America Ferrera monologue about. Oh my God. The America Ferrera monologue is amazing. Yes. yes. And just trying to think through putting Barbie Land up as a mirror and a reflection for our society. Mm-hmm is, I think, a really interesting thought experience that I hope a lot of people take the plunge when they're watching the movie to get there. But America Ferrer has this line, it's like the beginning of it, where she says, you have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can't say that you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but you still have to be thin. Yes. Yes. And it just... They just said the quiet part out loud. Yeah. Like, I think that was what was so beautiful about this movie. And, and it's complete satire. Like, uh-huh. no, the, the, the country is not necessarily run by men horses, but, like, kind of. <laughs> I've seen those photos of Theodore Roosevelt. I mean, kind of. <laughs> But right from the beginning, I mean, I love, I love the opening with the Lizzo song. I love the Lizzo song changing. Can we talk about the soundtrack? Oh my god, just so fun! Oh my gosh, I was listening to it when I was getting ready today. It's just everything about it just puts me in a good mood, and I don't even necessarily. I, I love pop music, but I'm not necessarily drawn to that type of pop music. Mine's a little bit more depressing. Sad girl pop. Sad girl pop, yeah. And every time I go into Spotify, it's like, here's your your um, recommended for you. And it's like, stay in bed all day. <laughs> Sad girl remix. Sad girl remix. <laughs> Are you okay? But this one just really gets me hyped. I mean, I was getting ready this morning to like, hey, Barbie. And I was like, ah! life. I'm just living in my Barbie dream house, living my life. It's really, really nice. The soundtrack hits. I am such a big Charlie XCX fan. And she is the pop that I'm not necessarily drawn to. And she's the exception. Like, I'm just so into her her whole deal. Mm -hmm. The Dua Lipa dance Uh, song. You know I'm a Dua girl. And Dua in the film. (laughs) A darling mermaid Barbie. Oh, I, I thought she was the in it the perfect amount. Yes. I loved when her counterpart pops out of the water and it's John Cena. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Here's Brewski beer from my strong man. <laughs> the John Cena bit was so good. I forgot about it, honestly. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah. yeah. It's so, so good. But can I, can I tell you a brief story? Please. 
So (laughs) the first time I saw this movie and Robbie wasn't there, it was like the biggest regret of my life because Mm. during COVID, and I know I'm bringing that time up a lot, trigger warning, but uh, my work was really slow. So I had to get a part-time job. Mm -hmm. And so I was working at REI because not a lot of events were happening. And I ended up getting this work buddy and his name is Javi. And Javi and I, like we would work the register together sometimes. And he also liked movies in the same way we did. Mm -hmm. But I would talk about Robbie and like he would say a thought and be like, oh, Robbie feels the same way. Like I can't wait for you guys to meet. And so one day Robbie comes in to buy a pair of hiking boots. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, Robbie, this is Javi. And Robbie's like, hey, Javi, I heard you really like movies. And Javi replies, hey, man, it's nice to meet you. I heard you really like Matchbox 20. (laughs) Just a dagger to the heart. He walks away and Robbie leaned over to me and was like, that's the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. (laughs) He was like, and the worst part is that it's true. I mean, <laughs> Robbie Earl is nothing else if not a Dave, Dave Matthews in Matchbox 20 guy. Rob Thomas, baby. There's two Robs in this world, Robbie Earl and Rob Thomas. But so when she turns to Ken Radio and it mm. starts playing that song, I just literally, like my body, like, yeah like levitated out of the chair where I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Why is Robbie not watching this movie? <laughs> but <laughs> so then I finally got to see Robbie watch the movie and yeah. Rob Thomas comes on the radio. He starts laughing so hard. And then Ryan Gosling does the guitar bit of course, with, with all the rush. other kids. <laughs> and Robbie Campfire. leans over and is like, how is he so good at that? <laughs> I love that that was the first comment. It's just a plotting Ryan Gosling. Oh my gosh, of course. Like his Matchbox 20 impression. It was just, and then with all the other kids with their drums come in, it was, their collective group Ken moments may actually win it for me for the film. Yeah. That, the, the weird dance off the end. Yes, Grease style dance yes. off. Yes, yes. Loved it. I he can dance, he can sing, he can act. I mean... That's the uh, the Mickey Mouse Club for you, the, baby. The Mickey Mouse Club for you, this triple threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like some of the moments that stuck with me were, more were the more sincere moments, which is kind of surprising, but I loved Margot at the bus stop turning and saying, you're beautiful and just taking in the world and real women and seeing someone who had never, she had never seen an aged woman before. Mm-hmm. And so Barbie taking that in and I love and the woman going, I know it. I know it. it is, uh, amazing. Do you know that they wanted to cut that scene and <gasps> had to fight for it? Gosh, and I will fight for Greta mm-hmm. because of that. Uh, it was really sweet. A very special moment. Yeah. And then that woman apparently is a famous Oscar winning costume designer. Aww. So that's a fun little shout out that I learned. Yeah. Reading something yesterday, but um, of course, you know, I loved the section about um, when they are de-brainwashing the Barbies. And, um, <laughs> I the, know what you're going to say. <laughs> the Godfather. Yes. <laughs> is this the Godfather? <laughs> I've never seen it, which is also 
a full circle callback. One of my favorite movies is You've Got Mail, rom-com, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in the 90s. And Meg Ryan's character is obsessed the entire movie about why men love The Godfather. What is it with men in The Godfather? So I love that that was like a full circle moment. But That's so true. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the funniest portions to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, just existential Barbie and, you know, just face down Margot Robbie and... Oh, this Barbie is just watching the BBC Pride and Prejudice for the seventh time until she falls asleep. I was like, that is my friend Emily Noah. It's true. That's when you know I'm going through it. Just a a BBC drama on repeat. Yeah, I I loved the melding of the worlds. I loved America Ferreira and her daughter. So did you know um, the scene when Margot walks into the cafeteria? For, yes. <laughs> was one of my favorite sections as well. And I loved that scene. And I think I was a little bit nervous that the entire movie going forward from there was going to be... Gen Z, you know, versus Barbie. Like, here we have this 90 millennial, 90s baby millennial world and Gen Z clashing with it. And I was like, okay, interesting. Is this going to be the movie? And then I kind of loved that we just got that snippet and then it pivoted to America Ferreira. But Sasha's character delivered some of the best comedy, I feel like. (laughs) And Tom Sasha. Ripper to shreds. And so I was reading an article yesterday and they are loosely based on Bratz dolls. Her <laughs> friends Stop. in the cafeteria. So they all have Bratz dolls names and loosely look like them. Sasha was a Bratz doll. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, what a fun little Easter egg. But I remember <laughs> my, like I went to a friend's house when I was a kid and she had a Bratz doll. Okay. And I was like, I gotta Uh-oh. get me one of these. They wore thongs. Oh my god. It's just like unheard of. Unheard of. And I asked my mom, I was like, can we please? I was like, I gotta have this thing. And uh, my poor mom, like, can you imagine like bringing your daughter to the store and you're, you've been buying her these Barbies? And then I'm like, can I please have this? And she's like, are you oh, sure? Is this? <laughs> Are you sure about that? Oh. I still got it. They were crazy. You could like take their whole feet off. Terry let you have a Bratz doll? I had multiple. Oh my, that was not allowed. That was bringing a demon inside our home. <laughs> See, the demons for us were Cabbage Patch Kids. We oh, weren't allowed to have this. Right. <laughs> that's right. That was a movement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy. What a good fact. Do you have any other amazing facts? I think I'm fresh out of facts. <laughs> Man, well, I think going back and kind of um, getting closer to the end of this to to kind of wrap up your sentimental moments, Mm -hmm. the the conversation with the creator of Barbie, yes, and the kind of montage of like these moments with women throughout your life that are so impactful. Dude, brought me to tears, not even going to lie. Absolutely. And it just made me, it was a hug to women. Yes. And and the thing is, like, when things are really hard, there's still, like, so much joy. The moment when Barbie realizes what change is, Mm -hmm. and America Ferreira is like, that's it. Like, that's what it is. It's constant change all the time. Yeah. And so to just have that 
that kind of like embrace that it's okay despite everything changing, I think was just so wonderful. Yeah, it's just, it was such a broad statement on the female experience and being raised a woman in America and what that's like. And it was just this funny, goofy mirror that we put up to our society. And I loved every second of it. And you know, I, I don't say this lightly. This will be a rewatch for me. I think this is an instant cult classic that I I will watch from years to come. Okay, I'm so glad that you said that because I wanted to ask you, I felt, walking out the first time, I had the same thought of, this is a classic instant rewatch going into the vault of 90s millennial women. I I categorized this with um, (laughs) kind of like, movie female movie canon and I want you to let me know if you think like these fall if these qualify okay well this sounds really cool so can we set it up properly yes Yes. (laughs) to date right now we're recording this on July 26 2023 this is Emily Noah's female film canon yes and I would say this is specifically, of course, through a 90s white woman's lens. Okay. Let's be honest about that. Yeah. That's good to know. Pink feminist movies that I feel like we grew up with that are now going into that rewatch classic. Okay. Yes. Um, scratch Disney off the Disney vault. They're going into, yeah, this vault. Okay. 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 So, Legally Blonde. I feel like it's mm-hmm. going, we now have Barbie. Same color scheme. Yeah. Barbie and Legally Blonde. Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, promising young woman. Yeah. Would you put it in the vault? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to say that that weird, but like, I love that movie. Yeah, I think it belongs in the vault as well. A little, of course, more serious and dramatic, but in the realm. Uh, Clueless. Mm-hmm. And Bridesmaids. Yep. Okay, this one, I'm curious. Easy A. Does it go into the vault for you? Emma Stone's kind of breakthrough performance. Here's the thing. I I'm not familiar with that film. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't fall into your pink color scheme, IML. That's true. I feel like all of the other ones lean pretty heavily pink. It's an outlier. Of course red being the more important color in yes. that movie. Uh put it put it off to the side and maybe we let listeners decide. Okay. okay. I think that's an asterisk. Okay, perfect. So another that I think will align with that, she's the man. Okay, these are, so you've got your pinks and your reds. <laughs> yeah, we might be breaking into... I would also put Bend It Like Beckham, possibly, into this category for me. That would be in the ring. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. That's so funny. This is like the second time She's the Man has come up in my conversations the last two days. It's another perfect film. It really is. Yeah. I think it's Amanda Bynes at her best, and I hope to see her there again soon. Me too, Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, that's the the vault options that I currently have. I would love to see if there's any that I missed. Yeah, that's a really good list. Okay. You did letterbox canon that, and we can maybe kind of edit as I we should. see fit. Because, okay. yeah, I'm really encouraged by that. Um, what Oscar nominations do you think Barbie will get? Set design, we talked about that. Set design for sure. I think maybe best song. I think Dua Lipa might actually get a nomination Ooh. for Dance the Night Away. Okay. That thing is so catchy. Yeah. If they don't perform that, I'm starting my own strike. Uh, another favorite section of the movie for me was just that musical dance mm-hmm. number. Yeah. To a bespoke song. <laughs> to a bespoke song, yes. 
I I think Greta Gerwig is going to be nominated for Best Director. Gosh, I hope so. I think it's going to be nominated for maybe Best Adaptation. Mm-hmm. Costuming. Costuming. I think it, here's the thing. I actually don't think it will win that much because yeah. of the Oppenheimers of the world, the Scorsese that's coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's more Oscar material. And because, like, when comedies win, you know? But I do think that everything it's nominated for has merit. Yeah. Do you, we think Margot Robbie gets a Best Actress nom for this movie? Oh, man. I mean, if she doesn't, I think it's going on the snub wall. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what other woman I would put in that category for this year, necessarily mm-hmm. like can you think of any woman that would be a best actress I know I'm sure there's somewhere missing when I walked into your house today Robbie asked me like is Barbie your favorite movie of 2023 and I that would have to be a, like a deep dive on letterbox for me because I'm just bad at remembering what we've seen so far this year I'm sure we're missing something but I know right now I can't imagine what else would top it for me what is that film that I have not seen past lives I have not seen that movie yet. I'm really, really excited. But is there a female lead in that that you would kind of think would be part of it? I Man, I sure hope she gets a Best Actress nomination. Mm -hmm. She deserves it. Man, but of course, this is what makes the Oscar so hard. Comparing those two movies is the most apple and oranges Mm -hmm. thing that you could do. But yes, another incredible movie and another female-directed, female-starring movie. That's excellent. Okay, Mm -hmm. very encouraged by that. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, Past Lives was fantastic. Yeah. Is there anything that you think that it would be nominated for that that we may have missed? I don't think so. Yeah. Best song, set design, costume, best director, best actress. Come on, <laughs> best, best supporting actor to Ryan Gosling. Let's sweep mm-hmm. it. Let's do it. Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the running for sure. Yeah. Okay. So as we're kind of ending this, I think you're the one that told me about it. I certainly hope so because I don't have enough information in my brain about it. Okay. But I want to talk about the Mattel universe. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Because this is not the end of their IP. This is just the beginning. <laughs> I Yes. So I think what we have confirmed um, is a Hot Wheels movie. Okay. A Barney movie. Do you want to know what I know about the Barney film? I... Is this going to be the gritty horror movie? They, they, like that's... I've heard it's going to be an A24 horror film. And I will be sitting next to you open night <laughs> with some popcorn ready to go. I'm getting a screener no matter what it takes. Uh, yeah, Barney was my favorite Same. Like, growing up, so that should probably mess us up really good. So looking forward <laughs> to that. Um, Polly Pocket. Stop. Is official. And Uno. Oh my God. Which... Hey, again. You do realize that game's in my purse at all times. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Some people carry around the Constitution. Is that true? <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's why I carry Uno around all the time. Robbie and I have been together over 10 years. Like, yeah. when you go get, grab a drink, like, what do we have to say that hasn't yeah. already been said? This is actually making marriage make a lot more sense. And so that's not, like... A lot of times we talk about movies, yeah. But sometimes you don't know. Like sometimes you're tired and you're just wanting to be out. Yeah. You pull out Uno, man. The sparks start flying. Absolutely. Okay. I love. We should play soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a. You. You want to go? I know what we're doing after this. <laughs>
Okay, I'm low-key, maybe high-key thrilled by the Mattel universe. There are a lot of people, I'm going to say a Gen Z term, I've given the ick, but I... You delivered that perfectly. Thanks, I'm excited about it. I'm never going to say that again. I hated the way it sounded. (laughs) But yeah, I'm encouraged. Some people are worried. I don't care. So I guess kind of as a closing question to you, Emily, what of the Mattel universe are you most excited to watch? I, I mean, like you, the Barney movie, I'm just, if, if they're doing really interesting, bold choices like that, I am very excited to see what the Mattel cinematic universe is like. I truly think the Barney film, if they are doing it the way that I hope they are, could be what I wished Cocaine Bear would have been. Wow. Which like, Cocaine Bear just had too much money behind it. Yeah. They, Cocaine Bear... (laughs) said it too many times. Cocaine Bear is what happens when someone intentionally tries to make a cult classic. Mm. And it's just mm. a little too try hard. Yeah. Did I have fun from top to bottom? Absolutely. We had a blast at the Alamo Draft House, as always. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm really interested to see if they're just going to keep these very unique and quirky and each very distinctive. And we'll see where it goes, but I... I want to know who at Mattel is someone we would hang out with that is orchestrating this plan. Yes. (laughs) Who is behind this? And also, can we give props to Mattel? Because I feel like a lot of moments throughout Barbie, I kind of had a thought of, I can't believe Mattel agreed to this. I know. I felt they could take a joke. And so, yeah. They, they can take a joke and... When Issa clearly said, mother effer, and they put... (laughs) their logo over her mouth. I love that joke. It was great. Yeah, it was it was fun to see them trust the creators and director. Oh, I know. And, and yeah, so if they take that attitude into the all rest, things, yeah. we're going to knock it out of park. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Emily, this has been the reprieve that I needed. I'm yeah. telling you, I've been blue in the face trying to have this conversation with someone. Yes. So, Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you're welcome, Barbie. Thank you so much, Barbie. So if you did like this episode and you would like to hear more of Emily and I talking movies, I really hope you do. We have another episode on Screensaver Plus where we talk about the film Lady Bird, written and directed by Greta Gerwig. Hope you go check that out. I have heard whisperings that this may not be the last that you hear of us. Oh, is that true? (laughs) So I'm just going to leave that on the table. I'm going to let the discord be the discord. And if you hurt my feelings, then maybe you won't hear us again. But (laughs) my hope is that there are enough people in our camp that are enjoying these kind of indie films. I'm not saying that's what Barbie is. Barbie is very much for the masses, but if you have some holes in your in your your movie brain and they may include words like A24 or neon or plan B, like if you don't know what those mean, you probably do, but you haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. We might we might talk about those some more. We're here to help. <laughs> But until then, we will uh, see you soon. Bye, Barbie.